In this week's episode of the Chairsoft Show, I talked to Belsey Wolf to find out about a part of the community that tends to be forgotten in the US and the UK. I'm going to talk to New Zealand and find out about the community down there. Um, and over that time, uh, we stayed very, very engaged in the community because not because these people wanted to spend time with you outside of playing airsoft you know you'd go around to their house and you know you'd play games or you'd uh kind of work on your rifles or whatever and that's the thing that like really just got me into the sport wasn't so much the sport but the amazing community and the people that were there to hear more of what we're talking about and to find out more about the airsoft community in new zealand stay tuned cue the music Welcome to the Chairsoft Show, your weekly Airsoft podcast interviewing retailers, manufacturers, sites and personalities within the Airsoft community. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can t- contact me at facebook.com forward slash the Chairsoft Show, Instagram at the Chairsoft Show, or by email on andy at the Chairsoft Show.co.uk. Joining me this week, all the way from the future, is uh, Belinda, aka Belzy Wolf from Instagram. Hey, how you doing? Doing pretty good, pretty good. End of the day today here. Well, uh, you just woke up there. Yeah, we fi- we figured this out. So for anyone who hasn't come across uh, across yourself, uh, you're actually in New Zealand, uh, 13 hours in the future from where I am when we're recording this. So we we managed to figure out a time to actually get on and record because this yeah, as you said, it's nine o'clock pretty much, isn't yeah, it over there? Exactly. So I've already lived Monday, and the world doesn't end, so we're all good. Yeah, but this is this is the thing. The comedian over here was uh, a few years ago was saying like, if you fly down to sort of Australia, New Zealand, that way you basically lose an entire day of your life. Exactly, but then it's you like, can still gain a day if you fly back. Yeah, but <laughs> what was it? He said he said you take off and then you fly over and then you've completely missed Tuesday, but then on the way back you completely missed Tuesday again or something. And yeah. I, I'll have to find the sketch and find that out for you because it is absolutely hilarious. Yeah, when I flew back from uh, LA, it was exactly like that. It was really insane that you like land a couple hours after you've left, essentially, even though you're on a really long flight. And then when you come back, you've just lost a whole day. It's oh, time zones are confusing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, I can't stand it. You know, I've I've sort of figured out um, America, different parts of it, kind of, but then anywhere else. Yeah, this this was confusing trying to get this sorted. Was, <laughs> yeah. was it seven or was it nine? <laughs> yep, I honestly thought it was uh, seven, but oh well. Um, <laughs> I I play a lot of online uh, gaming servers as well. So when you're trying to organize a, a time to play with all your friends, that's just the most confusing thing ever. But eventually, like, oh yep, so it's like, because LA is, tends to be three hours behind, like three hours forward, but a day behind. So you just like, oh okay, you kind of work <laughs> it out that way in the end. <laughs> uh, so that, so they're like, oh, we're doing this on Sunday, and you're like, so that's actually my Monday at this. Uh, exactly. I'm, I'm, it's too early for me for this to try and figure this out. And then the amount of times that I've actually messed up on that is insane again. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. Anyway, shall we talk some airsoft? Um. Yeah. So, uh, let me give you like a kind of brief overview of where. Oh my ass! How I came across Airsoft, uh, a little bit about um, the different fields that I've played at and where I am no- at now. Um, yeah. So about five years ago, I was in a university over here, um, Auckland University of Technology. I was actually looking at the different clubs that they had to offer, the social clubs, and we actually had um, an Airsoft club. So it was uh, the AUT Airsoft Club um, at the university, and I thought. Um, it was something I would like to get into with my partner because we obviously played a lot of video games. We wanted to get out more and get to know people within our country, of course. Yeah. Um, so we ended up going along, uh, meeting some people, uh, kind of trying out our first game, not knowing what we were getting into. We had to drive out an hour and a half to go to this uh, 
huge outdoor field. We didn't have any gear or anything at the time. Uh, but essentially we played the first time and absolutely fell in love with it. Um, but not necessarily because of the sport, but because of the community. It was absolutely amazing people. Like we didn't have a car at the time. So people like offered to drive us an hour and a half, even though they didn't know us. They straight away off said, oh, here's gear you can use. You know, here's a gun, here's a, a goggles, a vest. Here, just get involved, get involved. And um, that was the main thing about the New Zealand airsoft community that just absolutely got us involved so uh slowly uh we played a couple more games where we didn't have our own gear and uh then we went and we started buying our own gear and and getting into it really quickly i think about yeah. after a month we'd gone and bought our first uh pistol uh was it, which, which was a second hand usp uh, we've still got it though it's beautiful um but yeah, we just got into it really quickly, went to the army surplus store, kind of went the very Milsom route of things where we, you know, we got the whole uniform, uh, the rifles, sidearms, that kind of thing. Um, and over that time, uh, we stayed very, very engaged in the community because not because these people wanted to spend time with you outside of playing airsoft you know you'd go around to their house and you know you'd play games or you'd uh kind of work on your rifles or whatever and that's the thing that like really just got me into the sport it wasn't so much the sport but the amazing community and the people that were there uh a couple Ooh. years uh, down the track ended up actually running that club um I don't know, we just got really involved and uh, you had to still be a student at the time to run it, so we ended up running it, uh, got to about 150 members uh, strong, which is pretty cool, um, and we were just fully registered, you know, students just having fun. Um, we got into a little bit of issues where we were obviously advertising airsoft and after everything that had been going on in America, we were people were very much aware of uh, guns and that they could potentially be bad and someone saw a picture of myself advertising the club I was um, holding um, my rifle and someone I got contacted by the associationist essentially saying oh you're dressed up in camo you have a rifle look you're a terrorist you're a terrorist and I had to have like a whole <laughs> period where I was kind of like stood down and they had to investigate like what I was actually doing and I was like they, they came up with weird questions like do you actually shoot people with bullets and I was like no like this is completely different like <laughs> we don't do anything like that um, and eventually they got around it and they're like okay you're just actually just dressing up and getting into you know shooting people with BBs and it's more team building and you're more about safety more than anything else because for us to join the club people needed to go through a whole safety thing on you know you can't take uh have guns in public at all um mm. I think it's like a three month prison sentence here and like a ten thousand dollar fine or something crazy like that we're very yeah. very strict on that here um and then obviously safety of, you know, we don't want anyone with injuries. We don't want any bad looks on airsoft. So trying to keep that, uh, you know, airsoft is in a, a very high safety tier. Um, after that, things got like a little bit busy. I, I was finishing off my uh, master's degree at university, kind of like shut down for a bit, you know, didn't play for a bit. Um, but there is an indoor arena close by to us about a 10 minute drive. I went there and we had a lot of good friends that were still playing and um, they were actually hiring uh, for new staff. So I was like, oh, hated my job at the time, you know, why not apply? And got the interview, got the job at the start of this year. And from then on, it's been amazing. I've been introduced to such a different community because um, Obviously, as many people can see, uh, overseas you've got the uh, Milsom community and the Speedsoft community. Um, and when I started, there was a huge, huge hate against Speedsoft, at least. Um, mm. We, at this indoor arena, it used to be, obviously, because before Speedsoft was a thing, at this indoor arena that we had, um, it was just essentially Milsom players. People moving slowly, moving tactically, coming in uniforms, uh, larger rifles. And when I started, it was very much so um, 
well, the only other indoor field in the, the North Island of New Zealand, so essentially half the country, had just shut down. So all the indoor players came to this one field, which is the field that I work at. Um, and obviously they had a very much faster uh, play style, you know, pistols, HPA, that kind of thing. So they kind of mm. took over. Um, and unfortunately, you know, there's this big debate going on about uh, here, especially Milsimers hating uh, Speedsofters and Speedsofters hating Milsimers. Milsimers say, ah, oh, Speedsofters overshoot me, whereas Speedsofters say, Milsimers don't call the hits. So we have a very big uh, kind of competition going on right now and you can go into some airsoft stores and certain fields and they'll go oh we absolutely hate speedsofters like they're not allowed here or we don't like hpa we don't want to deal with them that kind of thing uh so unfortunately there's this huge uh kind of war going on um and i was very much so when i started my job at the start i was very much so oh you know i was milson i was like oh speedsoft you know that they're too fast they're not working tactically like that's what airsoft's about and slowly uh going into like march april of this year i obviously i was playing indoors at my work um you know and i found hey you know they're actually really skillful we have a whole bunch of very skillful players here who you know, they used to be Milsimers, but they turned to Speedsoft because it was more their style. You know, some people like working mm. faster as well. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not working tactfully or as a team or skillfully. It's just that you've got a completely uh, different view on how you'd like to do things. Um, from then on, I kind of uh, got into the uh, Speedsoft community as well. Um, I played how many played in the SpeedQB competition, was invited to a team uh, called CSS. Um, so they call themselves uh, Competitive Speedsoft, essentially, um, which was a whole yeah. bunch of uh, younger guys. But I love them all to death. I'm essentially like their mama. Um, looking out for them there. Um, but yeah, I was involved and I wasn't there to win or be absolutely competitive. Um, but I was there for the community yet again because yeah. even though there was this big hate between Muslim and Speedsofters, they were still amazing communities. Um, slowly now, the hate's kind of going down. You know, I'm one of the people who, oh, I love, I lo- absolutely love my HPA. I will go in and, and tights and, uh, and, you know, no extra gear indoors. I love moving fast but outdoors i still like to you know work tactfully um i've still got my milsim gear that i wear (laughs) with my my chest rig and everything so i I love both sides which i think a lot of people in new zealand don't which is really a shame and i think that's happening all uh, all around the world um but yeah yeah i I completely agree with you the whole milsim speed soft divide uh there was actually, I can't remember which site it was, but there was one in the UK that started running Speedsoft events because there was moaning or something. Um, I'd have to find the whole story on that and feedback on that one. But, um, I mean, some of the issues we've had over here in recent years with the laws changing and that, so they actually now defined power limits within the law for Airsoft. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And there's a, there's an organisation called um, UCAPU, the UK Airsoft Players Union, who do a hell of a lot of work for that sort of stuff. And then I just feel like the divide doesn't help things. So when they're mm. trying to do that, you know, you've got this whole Speedsoft Milsim divide going on. You know, at the end of the day, we're all part of the same community looking for something. You know, Speedsoft is a part of Airsoft. Love it or hate it, you need to embrace it because it is a part of airsoft at the end of the day you know even if you don't like it you know for me i'm built for comfort not for speed as i've said <laughs> yeah. countless times um i'm not exactly designed to be running around sprinting plus you know i'm starting to get old now i'm like in my <laughs> 30s that's it it's game over it's downhill from here yeah. <laughs> so yeah, fair enough um right, it's not for me but hey if people want to play like that they play like that i'm still good if they come up they shoot me i'm gonna call my hair i'm gonna say fair enough you got me um yeah. You know, I can kind of understand the whole overshooting thing as well, though, because at the end of the day, they are two very different play styles, and I feel that potentially there's that issue going to happen where 
in speed soft. I've seen I've seen some videos of it going on, especially with like the speed QB tournaments and that. And you see mm. how many rounds they're putting in the air. It's like I'd just be walking through a curtain of BBs at this point. Yeah, um, sometimes depending on what's needed at the um, arena, which is called Arena One for Nine that day. Yeah. Um, I will sometimes uh, referee as well or reception. Uh, yeah. It really depends, but I can definitely see the point that people have and. Within the last couple of weeks, we've witnessed people who, unfortunately, they do have way too much gear on, you know, realistic mm. plate carriers that can stop an actual bullet. They have that on, and they're not feeling the hits, and I even witnessed it yeah. myself. I came around the corner, uh, shot the sky, and he just didn't call it, and I was like, okay. And people do get frustrated, and that's why they overshoot, but then you also yeah. have the people who are maliciously doing these kind of things um and we've also experienced that recently and i think you know speedsoft milsom whatever uh you can play however you want i don't condone overshooting but please like it's still an honesty sport call your hits but if you're maliciously overshooting then i think that's a completely different story and i don't think you deserve the right to play airsoft if if someone is doing that and wanting to hurt other people then you know you don't belong in the community whatsoever yeah, definitely, definitely. No, at the end of the day, it's all about... Follow the golden rules. Don't be a dick. Exactly. It's, it's that. It's pure and simple. I'll say yeah. it at the end of every episode I do now. Um, so, yeah, tell us about this site then that you're at. Um, so, Arena149 is, like I said before, that literally the only indoor site in the North Island of New Zealand. Uh, so, I think we have two indoor sites in the whole of New Zealand now, which is mm. pretty crazy for like a decent country. Like I think it, it takes like 20 hours to drive across it or something from the top to the bottom. Uh, so it, it's really crazy um, that we're the only one in the North Island. Uh, we have mm. obviously because we have so much farmland, there's uh, quite a bit of outdoor ones. Uh, but yeah, there's just been issues with airsoft. But anyways, the uh, Arena One for Nine. Uh, so I think we've been open about ten years ago. Uh, we were originally opened by uh, our sister store, which is um, ASGC. That stands for Airsoft Gun Center. So they were the only place at the, at the time to import airsoft guns into New Zealand. Mm. Um, they obviously are still one of the leading uh, retailers within New Zealand, um, and I think one of two stores literally that is a physical place that you can walk into now and actually buy an airsoft weapon. Mm. Um, So yeah, we were originally open because these people that were uh, buying airsoft guns at the store wanted a place to play. So they opened up Arena 149. Now in that time, it has changed uh, so much. (coughs) Essentially, it's a a huge old factory that we have, uh, maybe like 20 minutes drive from the middle of the city. Um, So it's (laughs) pretty expensive prime property now. But luckily they bought it uh, quite far back in the day. But we're an old factory where we've broken down most of the walls inside. Um, and one side is a single open level and the other side is a, a double level so you can go upstairs and downstairs. Um, it's obviously, it used to be called ASGC CQB Arena. So it's very yeah. close quarters combat. We've got um, plywood uh, barricades all around that we in- move around and interchange as players want. Um, for us, we have a whole bunch of uh, public games. So we've got uh, Wednesdays and Friday nights um, and Sunday mornings are public games. Uh, Wednesdays and Sundays are more of just like a basic skirmish. It's essentially anyone can yeah. turn up, uh, play. Sundays, we average about 40 to 50 players, uh, which is grown so much since i would say the start of this year or last year when we had like on average about 20 players so airsoft is definitely growing as a sport which is fantastic here because it's got so little exposure already um friday nights are actually really interesting there's something called tactical nights um and we had a player come over from la after we just had released this and we'd um, made it up um who said he'd never played anything like it before. So, uh, are you familiar with the game Rainbow Six Siege at all? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, essentially, uh, we have players turn up on Friday nights. We cap it at about 40 players. We split them into teams of five to six. So, there'll be Mm -hmm. a couple teams. Uh, So, last time we had 
six teams, I believe, of six players. And essentially, it's a um, one-life tactical uh, situation where you have uh, an objective. So last week, I believe it was hostage. So you have a hostage right. go inside with uh, a team, um, and they have two minutes to prep, like in Rainbow Six Siege. The team on the outside mm -hmm. can watch the cameras and essentially plan their attack. Uh, yeah. So we're trying to make it as realistic as possible. Um, rules are, you, you know, you can't call your hit when you get shot, so it allows for, like, uh, stealth kills. Uh, you have maximum of 200 rounds. Um, Mid-cap magazines only. Um, you can bring all kinds of devices in. So we have people with uh, door battles, people with uh, things like Blitz's shield from Siege, or the shield yeah. that lights up, uh, things like that. And you have to essentially go inside, you have one life, and you have to try and complete the objective by the end of the seven minutes. So this is something really different that we're trying to do to get that kind of players in, um, compared to the skirmishes where it's more, you know, uh, go in, get shot, respawn, go and get shot, respawn. So we're trying to, you know, uh, kind of cater to different types of people, because a lot of people do get into airsoft because, you know... It's uh, uniforms, realistic, as real as you can kind of get. Um, especially after our laws have changed here, after, uh, unfortunately, the Christchurch shooting. Um, yeah. We had a lot of our laws changed here, and we had to essentially fight to keep airsoft. Um, thank goodness for... Um, we have um, a New Zealand airsoft club, essentially, that runs everything. Um, yeah. And thank goodness that they fought so much, because... They were going to essentially ban airsoft guns. It's a lot harder to get them into the country now. You essentially have to be a part of a club um, and go through the police. Um, yeah. But it's yeah, it, it's been great that we've had them because um, a lot of people had to obviously hand in their more realistic guns. So this is an yeah. outlet for them. Yeah, this 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 is what I was going to ask because obviously there was that very very tragic incident earlier in the year. Um, and I was going to ask what had actually changed on that because I know they went straight away. They were saying, "Oh, we're going to change the gun laws," weren't they? And um, yeah, yeah. So, guys in the UK, you thought you'd got it bad. Listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it was really crazy because they changed the gun laws that you couldn't have a semi-automatic rifle at all. Um, yeah. And so uh, there was a huge gun buyback, which I believe is still going on at the moment for real guns. Mm. Um, but we had this huge thing where your airsoft had to go in because they were going to ban any semi-automatic weapon, which included airsoft. No. Um, so they had to go in and say, you know, we're literally said, you know, we're, we're big guys who like dressing up in military uniform, pretending we're soldiers to kind of get people yeah. to understand. Obviously, you know, it's a little bit different for everyone. Um but yeah, after that, they said that it was used to be you had to be 18 plus to um, own a weapon or 16 plus with a firearms we yeah. license. But now for a lot of people to buy from, for instance, uh, from ASGC, the um, the SF gun store, you have yeah. to be um, 18 plus and you have to be part registered as part of a club, whether that might be uh, Arena 149 Club or yeah. we have our outdoor clubs um, like Waiuku Airsoft and things like that. So you have to prove that you're actually playing Airsoft and not using it for malicious intent. Actually, that's fairly similar to what we have. So what? So the way things work over here, um, if you're under 18, you can't own a RIF, um, which is realistic imitation firearm. Uh, if you're over... You have to have this thing called a UCARA, which is the UK Airsoft Retailers Association, or another valid defence. They define it as UCARA is just the most widely accepted one, mm. um, and it's all very technical about like the age is and that. Uh, if you don't have one of those, then it has to be what they call two tone, so fifty one percent a bright colour. So. That's where you see all these bright orange pistols ah, going yes. around, bright pink and that, uh, and bright green and everything. Um, then you're limited on your powers as well. So the like under the Policing and Crime Act, which came in in the last couple of years, uh, it's 1.3 joule for a fully automatic rifle, and then anything single shot or bolt action up to 2.5. And yeah, um, the only way you can get your Ukara 
people call it a Yukara license, which gets people really triggered on the internet. <laughs> it's always funny to watch that. Um, and uh, the, on- the only way you can get that, you have to play three games at the same site in a period of over, I think it's 58 days, but less than a year or something. So you've got to jump through all these hoops just to get your realistic guns, basically. And then once you've got it, you can keep, you've got to keep your car up to keep buying, basically. So it's a, it renews every year. You have to play at that site within that year time frame to get it renewed. Jeez, that's. I think your laws are seem a little bit stricter than ours, at least. But because um, there's a lot of people here, obviously we have uh, a lot of farmland and so forth. People that yeah. buy weapons and just use it on their own land. So yeah. I guess that would encourage them to go to places. But unfortunately, I think in Auckland that, or surrounding Auckland, there's maybe about four places you can play. And um, yeah. I'd say like two of them are over an hour's drive sort of thing, which is qu- quite far for Auckland since you can essentially drive from one side to the other in, in a fairly short amount of time. Um, but yeah, the, the good thing I guess about the UK compared to New Zealand is that it's airsoft is, I guess, a much bigger sport over there, I would assume. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, we're falling over sites around here at the moment. Um, exactly. There's so many that I've been trying to play for the last year um, that I just haven't got round to, uh, unfortunately. You know, I've been looking at um, level 2 which is a CQB area up in Manchester which is about a 4 hour drive from where I am just outside London so I mean even to get to sort of Scotland it was about a 9 hour drive so Jeez. yeah, yeah but, I, I won't yeah. be doing that one too often Joe if you're listening I'm not driving <laughs> up to Scotland all the time <laughs> Yeah, it, that's the uh, the biggest issue. Is like I said, we're the only indoor arena within yeah. the North Island. There's uh, one in the South Island as well, and that's pretty much yeah. it. I think uh, the issue is that you know airsoft isn't that big of a sport in New yeah. Zealand. It's not very well known. You say they say, oh, you know, what do you do for a job? And I'm like, oh, I work in an airsoft arena, and they're like what's that you know and you have to go oh you know it's paintball but you shoot each other with bbs yeah. instead of paint you know so it's 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 a pity um but unfortunately because the country is small and the that makes the sport a little bit smaller because i think we have like four million in auckland at the moment so four million yeah. people alone in a one of the biggest cities in new zealand so it's uh yeah. It's pretty. Is it also potentially down to a lack of, for want of a better term, real estate? Oh, one hundred percent. Like New Zealand is incredibly expensive to live in, um, yeah. and places in Auckland, man, like everything is just the real estate's just gone so up because we're a city stuck between two oceans, essentially. Um, yeah. that you have to drive like an hour to buy a new property or I, I know that one of my workmates uh, he lives like an hour away and he's got a, a house that's so much bigger than ours um, and he's paying essentially just a little bit extra sort of thing so yeah. it's it's unbelievably expensive and don't even get me started on the cost of airsoft guns in New Zealand because obviously uh, you know if you want to import you've got to import you know, pay the cost to actually import and shipping to New Zealand. Oh my gosh, unbelievable! Yeah. Or you have to go to a store that actually will import it for you, and then because uh, they've got the monopoly, they can put that price way up. So, you know, you're looking to buy, uh, say, a GNG CM16 Raider, like yeah. 400 bucks, sort of thing. I need to do a calculation so people know. <laughs> Oh, New true. Zealand dollars to GBP. So what was that? Four hundred. Four hundred roundabout. Yeah. So just like your your most basic rifle you can get. To be fair, it's only about what for a CM16, forty to sixty pound more than we'd pay over here, depending on the retailer. Yeah, sir. It's not it's, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but then. <laughs> yeah, but if I didn't you know want what the to... conversion rate was going to be at that point. <laughs> Yeah, so th- that's another thing. But if you're wanting something that you know no one in the country has, and they import just four or five, they'll bump yeah. up that price like an extra grand or so, because you know oh. why not? People want it, yeah. so 
It's, I did uh, think how much a GBLS DAS would cost over uh, there now. It's it's so crazy. Like uh, I actually got my MP7 imported for it was two hundred or oh, three hundred and fifty dollars, and I think you could buy a brand one new here for like eight hundred dollars. So you can Jeez. really see the huge like price difference, which is why a lot of people want to, you know, join a club and kind of import their yeah. own instead. But then reliability and warranty and so forth so yeah that's, i suppose it's a pros and cons thing isn't it you're not yeah, getting exactly. that support if you're importing it yourself yeah so uh, that's the the biggest issue and um after the uh, christchurch shooting um we had a lot of people that were just importing small parts for airsoft guns and everything yeah. was just stopped for about two to three weeks they weren't allowing anything and even if it was airsoft because they were going to potentially change that law so it sucked for a lot yeah. of people they got their stuff seized oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but with regards to the importing yourself then because you don't have that support coming from a retailer as such do you find that more people will work on their own guns rather than taking it to a shop to have some work done to it and sort of teaching themselves how to do it a lot more because like me personally i won't open anything i'll get someone else to do it because then yeah if it goes wrong and i've done it i'm going to be annoyed at myself whereas if it goes wrong and someone else works on it i can go look <laughs> this has gone wrong can you have a look at it yeah fair enough um i think what from what i know there's only one place in auckland that fixes weapons um and they're the airsoft uh, gun center but um i know that it is can be quite a long waiting list um and obviously they fix our rental weapons as well that we send to them which sometimes becomes a priority so what i i've noticed at least at like our sunday games is you know half the people are taking their pistols apart themselves that they've built themselves if something's wrong they won't go to the store they'll instead uh talk to someone else who is a gun tech so if you don't know someone in the community is going to know and because it's an awesome community you can essentially go i don't know what to do with my gun you know it's broken uh can you have a look at this and they'll go yeah yeah yeah, yeah sure you know and they'll, they'll do it for you for free i have a great friend who you know he essentially just he'll on the fly in the middle of a game he'll just be taking his gun apart in the, on the arena and um looking at it fixing it and he comes outside fixes other people's guns so it's kind of like a if you don't know someone around, you will know, and they'll teach you. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. That's what, that's what I'd like to see. Though. But that, then again, that leads to the community side of it. You know, you're helping each other to sort things out. At the end of the day, you know, someone's got an issue, right? Okay, let's show you how to do this yourself, so that you know for future. And exactly. That's, that's what it's all about. At the end of the day. Um, yeah. One, uh, now. Oh, sorry, I was going to say um, one cool thing that did happen uh, in the community recently, which made me love the SF community even more, is um, at a SpeakUB event um, a while back, uh, obviously not everyone can park on site, so someone parked across the road or so forth. Their car actually got broken into with a lot of the gear stolen and so forth. Yeah. And within one week, the community got together and raised up enough funds to essentially uh, pay for their insurance on the car and replace all the gear as well. So I think, you know, that's really what hit me home is this is such an awesome community, you know. People are just willing to give a little bit just so they can see that their friends are happy. Yeah, no, that's something I've never heard of before, ever. Like, in, what, six years of playing airsoft properly, like, full-time, I've never heard of something like that. That's amazing. Yeah, it was it was really cool, and, you know, like, that's just things that people do in this community and why I think it's so tightly knit, because you have new people coming, they don't have any gear, you'll go, oh, yeah, yeah, here's my rifle, and they'll be like, are you sure? And you'll be like, no, 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 go ahead, like, try it out, you know, you don't want to just use a rental gun, you want to, you know, try something else out a little bit more, and people, as soon as they see how, how much of a loving community it is, and how much they just want to help other people get into it, because there's yeah. more people to play, they'll be like, no, come on, like, come join us, and we have little kids coming, not knowing how, like, how to shoulder a rifle, or how to, you know, yeah. clear a corner, and we have, like, um, all the players on the field essentially going, no, come up with me, like, oh, look around that corner, go shoot that guy over there, sort of thing, so, it's, um, that that's absolutely what I love about it, it's not so much the sport, it's back to that community, and yeah. how absolutely amazing it is. 
Yeah, let's let's talk power quickly. What what sort of power limits are you looking at? Because I've heard everything from what we've got with the one point three, two point five, to some absolutely crazy dual limits, power limits on okay, of guns. Okay, so funnily, um, everywhere that I've really played at doesn't really measure joules. Mm. Uh, we rather measure on feet per second on point two gram BBs essentially. Yeah. Um. So, hmm, let me have a think. For us, uh, we do uh, 350 on um, 0.2 grams for yeah. AEGs and GBBs. Um, I assent, imagine that's just overall joule, I can assume. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. sorry. Uh, just to clarify, that, that what I was stating there with 1.3, 2.5 is just the law, the way, the way it's uh. actually defined in the act. But uh, unfortunately, some sites haven't quite caught up on that yet over here um oh, so yes. they still measure in feet per second um <laughs> a lot of places will measure in the feet per second and i think it's 1.13 off the top of my head if that's right 1.13 okay. 1.14 if that's right i'm a fucking nerd <laughs> <laughs> nice nice um so yeah for us uh we're still i really would like to move over to jules personally because mm. people use different weights but we have um at least at our at Arena 149, we have a max BB weight of um, 0.25 grams. So yeah. you're you're gonna you're not gonna have that much of a dual difference, luckily. Yeah, you, um, you're not really getting into dual creep territory with a two it, to a two five. Exactly. Um, so yeah, 350 for a GBB and AEGs. Um, and then the, here comes the confusing part because we've had a little bit of issues with HPA and dual creep. So we've actually lowered the HPA limit to 320 on 0.2 grams, right. um, and if they're using 0.25, so it'll be like 285. So essentially a, a joule, um, just because we are quite close quarters, and you know people yeah. tend to shoot more than one shot at least, sort of thing. Um, so we lowered it. Uh, one person in our team wanted to completely ban it, but of course we were like, why try and ban the culture and that. We want to try and ban get rid of the behavior, not the people, sort of thing. Yeah. So, because there's lots of, uh, we have lots of outdoor games as well where people use HPA for DMRs and things like that. So, you know, yeah. why, why ban the equipment instead of the player? Yeah. Well, th um, this is the thing, you know. At the end of the day, HPA got a bad rep because a few people were idiots with it. Exactly. That's as simple as it is. Yeah, unfortunately, and personally, I I love HPA. Um. Here it can get pretty cold during winters at least, and we have loads of issues with mags um, getting too cold. Uh, my MP9 actually cracked because it got too cold. Um, <laughs> couldn't use it after that, but so I HPA'd it, and the mag doesn't get as cold, luckily. So, yeah. you know, people have different reasons for using HPA. Um, gas is also really expensive, so, you know, sometimes it's nice if you can just uh, use a tank of HPA instead of $20 worth of yeah. gas. It's like 5 bucks versus 20 bucks. Um, for our outdoor fields, uh, it's a little bit different because I think most fields tend to not have a limit. It's kind of yeah. like, because it's a smaller community, it's kind of like, don't be stupid. Yeah. So, uh, for instance, the DMR that my partner and I own, I think it's about 500 feet per second. Um, right. But you've got like a 20 meter MED sort of thing. So you've yeah. just got to be really careful. Um, with how you play, which is, like I said, because we're a small community, you know you know how people play, and they kind of earn the right to use DMRs and things like that. Yeah. Um, but I don't believe there's any law surrounding, you know, how fast an airsoft gun can shoot, at least. I know that they're yeah. restricted weapons, but, yeah. I don't know, it's really confusing, and <laughs> they have, like... Like, you can have a, a gel blaster that's not a restricted weapon, and then airsoft is, so... But they could yeah. potentially shoot higher than an airsoft gun, so... Yeah. Oh, I'm, glad, I'm glad you brought it around to the gel blasters, because obviously... You've got Australia, that's a big thing, because they don't have airsoft at all at the moment. Do you exactly. find Australians coming over to New Zealand to play? Oh, so often, like, you don't even understand, yeah. and then people come and play... <laughs> and they absolutely love it, and then they go, they have to go back, and they're like, oh, "Dang it, we only have gel blasters." Um, 
So for us, at least um, where I work, we have Airsoft, or when we have private games, we have Airsoft, which is, um, we say, age 10 upwards with supervision. And then we have mm -hmm. our gel blasters, which are kind of like Tracer's gun from Overwatch and shoot like 100 FPS. Um, so we're kind of directing gel blasters towards the kids to kind of get into the sport and then yeah. Airsoft. Um, whereas Australians, that's the only thing that they have. And I have a bunch of Australian friends that are so sad that they just don't have airsoft, but they don't understand why airsoft is illegal and then gel blasts are legal when the guns are yeah. pretty similar. Yeah, although hopefully that's going to change in the coming months looking at it anyway, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, I at least hope so for their sake because... I think it's pretty silly. Um, like, why allow one and not the other? It's like, why yeah. allow paintball when you can get realistic M4s for paintball and not allow yeah. airsoft? Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, I've seen more and more of these real, realistic-looking guns in paintball now, um, just through people that I know that play it, etc., etc. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully Australia soon, because I know you've been saying soon for the last two years i think yeah yeah well uh, i i feel for them honestly like yeah new zealand and australia have this love hate relationship where you know yeah if we're talking about an australian we can insult them and so forth and so forth but if anyone picks on australia we're kind of like yeah they're like a little brother in a way <laughs> and vice versa so no honestly like we just hope that you know the government there like we can see where they're coming from but they can see like in new zealand how well it's handled so if you put yeah. the same kind of laws in place then people can enjoy it you know yet again why restrict the weapon instead of the player and the bad behavior yeah exactly exactly and it, it just takes one person and it changes the interpretation this, this is why um we've sort of said with everything that's happened in airsoft a few over the last few years in the UK, um, when you see all these sort of cheater videos and what's not, and all the toxicity that can come with it occasionally, uh, I've been saying for a while, a few other people I know, Graham Hoffman from SF Nation, for example, we've been saying, if we can't police ourselves, what chance do we have of the public seeing that we can actually control Airsoft? Mm. And it's trying to get this behaviour out. Um, but bring it back to HPA, uh, just while you're talking about that. Uh, mm -hmm. One thing that's become more and more common in the UK, I'm not sure about over there, is tournament locking. So once it's set to a power, you lock it out. Because there was an issue over here um, a few years ago where people were caught chrono in their gun at the start of the day. The minute they got away from the chrono and thought no one was looking, they'd up the reg. So it was far and way up. I think, uh, personally, I've only ever experienced that once outdoors, yeah. um, where it was incredibly bad. Um, we don't have anything like that here at the moment, but I think that's yet again because it is a small community. Um, yeah. People don't want to hurt people they know. And if, say, for instance, someone got banned from Arena 149, like, where else are they going to go to play an in indoor sport? So, you know, if you're banned at one place, the other place will kind of be like, oh, no, you can't play. And then in the end, you're stuck not being able to play Airsoft at all. Which, you know, yeah. I think is, is kind of a good thing about the, the small community. Um, but at the same time, you know, it kind of does suck that if you do make a mistake in the past, that it's always going to be on your name in the future. Um, yeah. But for us, we're, we're very kind of strict on these things. And we expect the community to uh get involved if they do see someone cheating so personally for me um on sundays i uh i try and corner lots of people and make sure that they're under if someone comes up and complains hey i think this person's shooting hot i'll go and re-corner them like i'll just ask them to yeah. walk off the field and re-corner uh obviously this doesn't happen very often but sometimes we do if people come up bleeding and so forth um but we've just got to personally watch ourselves especially staff at um at the arena that we've just got to watch if we see anything that's potentially suspect then we've got to go and investigate it straight away because yet again going back to uh safety is number one for us always yeah. so it's like you you just hear me my favorite saying is remember once you go past those doors your masks need to stay on at all times sort of thing and magazines out in the reception area because we're number one for safety so 
We yeah. we don't have any of the um I think you called it tournament locking, is that correct? Yeah. We don't have any of the tournament locking, but we always keep an eye on MC if anyone hey, someone's adjusting their rig, we'll be like, Hey, can we re chrono you sort of thing? But most of the players are in the community are really honest and come up and say, Look, I've just uh, adjusted this one I've changed to a different pistol, can you come and re chrono it? Which yeah. you know, I absolutely love that they come up and they say, Hey, I've changed it, let's go and redo it and they'll they'll wait to they'll not join the game until that's done. Yeah. That's a good day. That's that's what you want to see at the end of the day, people looking out for each other. Exactly. Which is yet again what what I absolutely love about the um the airsoft community in New Zealand. It's you know, it's all about most of the time, I'm not going to say all the time, most of the time it's about, you know, honesty and, you know, uh, being a good player towards yourself and towards others. Yeah, definitely. Don't be a dick. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'll keep saying it, I'll keep saying it, because eventually it will sink in across the world. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we have a saying here that's, um, Australians will understand it too. I hope you don't take this offence, but it's like, be a good cunt, essentially, which means, like, you, you're, you're, you're a good person, um, you know, be an, a uh, I don't, I don't know how to translate it, but like, be a good, yeah. good person, that's, not, that's, not an offensive. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fine because, uh, like, that that that's a greeting to some people over here. And then, I've, oh, it's hilarious. I've had to explain to Americans that we just greet each other dropping C bombs. Yeah, and like <laughs> exactly. What? And, it, and it's, it's like, no, no, that, that's like just saying hello, mate, kind of thing, you know. It's just yeah, us being exactly. friendly to each other. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we always in Australia, New Zealand, you know, if you do something good, oh yeah, you're a good cunt. And then I'm <laughs> sitting in front of an American, they're like, what, what? That's so offensive. And I'm like, no, it's it's a good thing. Trust me. It's like <laughs> it's like the highest praise you can get. Yeah, exactly. Um, but again, that's sort of like way like different languages have evolved at the end of the day and stuff, isn't it? Exactly. Different sort of. Uh, etc. Et I've, I've lost words. It's early. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so moving forward, is there anywhere you'd like to go and play at any point? Ooh. Um, personally. Like, if you, if you could travel out of New Zealand, like, forget how long it's going to take you to get there. Is there anywhere <laughs> you'd like to go? Um, personally, I've. My goal for next year would definitely to head over to the States and just do a road trip and kind of play through um, all of those uh, arenas there. Um, that would be an absolute goal. So just try go into like start at LA essentially, go and try and play as many as possible, just buy myself a, a weapon beforehand, travel through them. Because I've actually been um, invited by quite a few people to go on over and play and, you know, just stay at their house and so forth. Yeah. I'd love to go, um, yeah, like the st through the states, do a nice road trip, um, stay there for a month or two, and just go and play at all the fields. Um, I've also would love to do uh, no field in particular, but I'd like to go out and do a proper Milsim event um, yeah. overseas, because uh, there's just so many amazing fields and places out there that. Yeah. You know, we just don't have the capacity for in New Zealand or the player base for. Um, there was a really cool one that happened here recently, which is called um, Armored Fury, which I would love to yeah. go to next year. It was with uh, realistic tanks and planes and everything. Unfortunately, yeah. I was working, but, like, that's something that I would love to go to, at least in New Zealand. Um, and also, before leaving the country, go to all the fields here as well. Um, we have a really cool... Uh, Fields in Christchurch, I believe it's Christchurch, yeah. uh, Zone 67, and um, the it's called the Arena. I love to go to those two places as well, just because yeah. you know um, they come up to us regularly. So it, it would be nice to go down there and play on their turf. Um, but yeah, just going to really cool outdoor fields that and old like we have. Um, we don't have a lot because of health and safety here. We can't really go to yeah. any, like, old buildings, things like that. Um, I'd love to go to a site where, you know, it had these old buildings and bunkers. I've seen them on some uh, YouTubers' videos. Just going through old buildings for a more realistic feeling instead of something that's yeah. just been built with barricades. Well, this, this is the thing, because obviously we've got, like, um, sites such as, you know, I'll, I'll say it because I'm a member there, the jail... Uh, which is an old prison in the UK, and 
um, like you've got a lot more in the way of sort of purpose-built sites rather than just anything and everything. Such. Exactly. Like, um, so they were they were buildings at one point. They were used for uh, whatever purpose, and then they become an airsoft site. And why not use that? Um, exactly. And it's great to see, but unfortunately, uh, with that, like you say, with health and safety, you know, the minute they see asbestos in there, the price goes right oh, up. Oh yes, <laughs> soul destroying. Seeing really good sites just go because they've. Mm. Um, oh god, I was just looking at the flight time. I was going to say you should come over here sometime. Yeah, thirty <laughs> hours of travelling. I mean, that that that's definitely a plan sometime. Um, <laughs> I'd love to go over to the UK, um, especially since my partner has um, family over there. We'd, yeah. it, it's it's first uh, the states because we went to Canada last year. It's the states. Yeah. Uh, go back home for where I'm originally from, which is actually South Africa, to visit my family there. And then it's the UK, which is next on it because yeah. it'd be amazing. Like I feel like. Honestly, my dream would just be go to a country, you know, buy a cheapish but decent weapon and just go and play all the fields as often as I can and just go and meet everyone because there's so many <coughs> amazing people that you, like, meet online and on Instagram and so forth that you just wish you, like, oh, I wish I could play with you. Like, that would be so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, I'm just looking at the flights now. It's uh, got to stop as well and it's, like, 30 hours because... Mm -hmm. Like it's it's one, literally one, the other side of One of my dreams, <laughs> yeah. One of my dreams is to literally sort of try all these different countries mm. and like hearing what I've heard about things down in New Zealand. And I've got people that I knew from school who live over there now as well. So it's like I could mix it all into one. And then I'm like, thirty hours. <laughs> is it worth it? Oh no, yeah. it's it, it honestly is. Like the best thing here is when you're out of the city. It's literally like Lord of the Rings. It is beautiful, luscious, green mountains. Just completely... You're just going to be trapped in nature, essentially. And some of the fields that you can play at, you've just got... You know, you're literally on a farm. You can hear the sheep yeah. down there and the cows. And it's just rolling green hills. Yeah. And the only thing I can recommend is probably coming in, like, autumn. Because you've got really hot summers. Yeah. Um, and you'll you'll burn here if you're not wearing like uh, sunscreen. And then in yeah. winters you've got the horrible rainy weather that lasts for twelve days. So like autumn or spring is really perfect time because yeah. you have those overcast days with no wind, and you can just sit with your DMR at the the top of the field and watch everyone. It's beautiful. Yeah, that, that's that's the thing as well. Um, I mean, you have to look after yourself more in the hot weather as well you know mm -hmm. the amount of times i've ended up getting sunburnt in the last couple of years even though you put the stuff on at the start of the day you forget you sweat it all yeah. out again within exactly. about five minutes especially if it's hot you know last year um was terrible for hot weather i think we had 12 weeks without rain Jeez. and it was i think the hottest summer for ages if yeah not apparently on record and um it was horrible playing in that, you know, I'm going out every week and I'm sort of, it's getting to lunchtime and I'm going, right, I need to sort of down about three bottles of water here yeah, to exactly. keep playing. Um, but yeah, it's been awesome talking to you. Uh, I definitely want to go down to check that out at some point. Um, you should, well, um, like I said, that, or like I'm saying now, let us know, yeah. like, we, we'd be happy, yeah. we'd put you up on essentially a VIP store. <laughs> we we love people from overseas coming to New Zealand, so, yeah. you know, hit, hit me up whenever you're coming down, and, you know, you can um, borrow some of our weapons that we have, we have quite a big collection, so you got your your uh, your pick there. Um, let us know when you're coming down, and we'll uh, take you on a little adventure. Awesome, cheers for that, I appreciate that, I'll have to figure that out. Um... I'll have to figure out taking two suitcases as well. Cause <laughs> when I packed for the States the other week, um, I put my usual Airsoft Go bag into a suitcase to take it uh, with just like my rig and that in. And then I had to, it was thank God I'm taking two suitcases here because I had to then put my plate carrier into a second oh case. Because I, like, I'll send you photos, it's hilarious. Um, I, I literally put that airsoft bag into one suitcase and it filled it pretty much. It sounds about right. You should have just taken yeah. the bag itself. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately I couldn't secure it. It's a, it's, ah. it's a range bag, I can't secure it, so it's like I don't want to put yeah. it in that hold 
luggage when anyone can get into it, you know, especially when you know I've got my swordings in there, I've got my, all my eye pro in there, everything, exactly. you know, eye pro isn't cheap these days. Yeah. If you get good eye pro. Because, um, yeah. yeah, people cheap out on eye pro sometimes and it shows. Oh, yeah, we had someone the other week and I, they were about to walk on the field and I'm like, I don't think a BB will, like, last that. And I just took one of our rental guns to it, shot it once, and it went straight through. And I was like, nope, you are not playing with that. No way. <laughs> this was the thing I saw at an event earlier in the year. A guy turned up with a respirator, gas mask, oh, and um, he wanted to use that. And they were like, okay, we just want to test the lenses to make sure it's okay. And literally one BB straight through. And that was off of a 350 gun, I think. You know, at least the site was, sites are paying attention to these things. Like, mm. look, we don't think your eye pros up to scratch. We want to test it. Exactly. And then, like, if it isn't good enough, okay, yeah, you need to go and have a look at this. But we'll lend you something for the day, yeah, so you're exactly. at least covered and you at least can at least get on with the game. Because that's the thing as well. You know, it, as a site. You're going to look better if you're going, right, we'll help you out here because you don't know. You're obviously new to the sport. Um, let's, let's teach you and educate you. Exactly. And one thing that's really annoyed me recently is certain individuals on the Instagram community especially um, who have been posting negative things about new players and rentals uh, and stuff. And yep. I'm like, you're not achieving anything. You're just looking a dick. And then... It's not going to encourage new players to come into the sport, you know. If you want yeah. to do you, go do you, but don't bring other people down. I think as the well. most important thing is you have to remember that you were once a rental and you didn't have your own gear or know what the heck exactly. you were doing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And just educate people. You know, this is why I love the events that like random guy Kev does with his airsoft did with friends because it helps encourage those new players and it's more of an environment aimed at newer players so mm. albeit you get the experienced guys coming along um you've got you've got that chance to educate new players into the sport and teach them the right way so as moving forward they they've learned and then they can then pass that knowledge on to other people and stuff you know exactly yeah, don't be a exactly. dick you, you know, if you like I said, if you want to get more players into the community, you just gotta be nice to them, because otherwise, you know, it's losing someone that you could potentially shoot in the future, sort of thing. But someone who yeah, could exactly. be a good teammate towards you as well. So, and it's it's amazing. I, I had someone that I haven't spoken to, a friend of mine. I hadn't spoken to him properly for a couple of years, and then all of a sudden, uh, he popped up on the UK of community, and I'm like, oh wow, okay, so. Um, He's uh, now playing, and I got chatting to him, and he was like, "Oh, okay. What what do you recommend about this? So, what about this?" And like, we had that discussion, and it's reopened that friendship. So, it's great. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely uh, a friendship and relationship builder, one hundred percent. And yeah. And it, it's really important that we do take the new players under our wing instead yeah. of absolutely shitting on them, sort of thing. Yeah, because exactly. Yeah, you know they could be, you know, the next best after sort of thing. They could be mm. absolutely amazing, and it, you know it could be a good release for them as well. Something that they do need in their life. You don't want to just take that opportunity away from them just because you know they're not as good as you yet because they haven't been there for a while or don't have their own yeah. gear. And then, and then some of the people you meet as well. You know, there's some guys I've met in the last year or two that I would never have spoken to in a million years if it wasn't for airsoft, and just because our paths wouldn't have crossed and. You know, we've uh, there's all sorts of characters. You know, the guys I've been going to games with for the last year or so have been amazing. Uh, we've even got one that turns up as a knight. He turns oh up in full gosh. sort of Crusaders knight outfit. That is cool. With a big speaker playing music and an M1919 and a lightsaber. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Oh, yeah, that's what we... <laughs> We had for one of my friend's uh, birthdays what we ran at the arena. It was it was beautiful because everyone was just super friendly. People were just using lightsabers and shields instead. And, yeah. you know, they were going around, like, not even shooting each other, just bang killing yeah. for fun. Because, you know, it's, it's about fun, not about... Well, sometimes it's about being competitive, but, you know, it's about having fun, leaving at the end of the day and being like, I had a good experience. I made some good new friends. You know, I want to go back. Yeah, that's cool, that's cool. Um, I'll have to send you some photos of Cam. Oh, and Cam, I'm sorry for breaking your gas mag a little bit. <laughs> um, that always happens, doesn't it? He's, he's got a um, he's got a WE scar um, 
Oof, and he got he's got the uh, armor works. I think it is the drum mag, the guest drum mag for it. Mm-hmm. Um, he decided to break part of the bolt off of it before he'd even left the shop because he decided to fill that drum mag up five, six times and just go mad with full auto. Oh my gosh. And um, we actually turned it into an ice block. I'll, s- yep. I'll send you the photo. Uh, but yeah, it, it was literally an ice block by the time we were done the other week. It was quite amusing. Sounds like what happened to my MP9, unfortunately. Because <laughs> uh, when you go from indoors to outdoors, you're like... I can use fully automatic now, and then you just go absolutely ham, and then you're like, "Oh yeah, it gets cold." I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing. You you forget these things. Uh, there you go. I'll send you that. And it actually tore apart the um, the seal on the top as well, where the gas comes out. It tore part of that apart. Oh my goodness! Um, but I'll let you have a look at them once we're done. Anyway, uh, that's it for this week's show. Uh, thank you very much for making the time uh, and coming and talking to me. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, so currently I'm uh, at Instagram at the moment, uh, just at Belzy Wolf. Uh, you can find me over there. Um, I'm always gonna be at Arena One Four Nine, so you'll see me on their Facebook and their Instagram as well. Um, but yeah, if you ever down in New Zealand, please just pop me a message. I'll be happy to help you out. Cool. Thank you very much. Uh, that's it from me as well this week, guys. Uh, we will see you guys next time on the show take care of each other, take your hits don't be a dick and we'll see you next time bye for now